this is going to happen like one out of a thousand times, give them 10 bucks. The backstory is we picked up a 45 location fast food chain. Okay. Uh, it's a, it's a well-known name in uh, the Southeast. Okay. Uh, so anyway, we did, we did the rollout and it's a POS changeover um, and, and all that went well. It was, it was a, uh, a lot of work, a lot of traveling, but we, you know, we got through all 45. Yes. So, and that's great and wonderful. When you look at it, I don't have the exact numbers, Right. the, the number of complaints um, you know, or it's less than one half of 1%, right? right? And nobody complains and yeah. they call out the total in the drive-thru. So if somebody comes to the drive-thru and they have a $10 meal, mm-hmm. they say, your total's 1040, please pull around. And it's just highly effective. You know, I mean, it, it sets yeah. the expectation that you have that particular right. uh, total cost. And then if you pay by cash, then they give you that, that extra money back. And right. everybody's happy. Yeah. Yep. Um, but the reason I wanted to kind of talk to you to get your feedback is because occasionally, um, when I say occasionally, uh, you know, let's say they've done a hundred thousand transactions with transactions with us, uh, and they've been with us for a full month, two times, um, they have gotten this, uh, this feedback through their contact us page. Right. Okay. And the feedback, and I'll just pull one over and read them. They're both very similar, but if you don't mind, I'll just read yeah, one. That'd be great. Um, so the customer in one case said, went through the drive through was asked if, I, asked if I was paying with card or cash. I wasn't informed of any charge for using a card. There was no signage visible in the drive through I was charged a 4% surcharge without my knowledge. First, I used a debit card. A merchant shall not, in all caps, charge a surcharge on debit card purchases. Further, a merchant may only charge the amount they are being charged on credit card purchases. I highly doubt you are paying 4%. But as I said, I used a debit card and, and wasn't noticed, notified of a surcharge. This is fraud. Um, the, the other one is similar. And then they also mentioned like, hey, you know, we could take legal action against you. Well, you know, you and I know the legalities of cash discount, but when you're talking about a company of this size, you know, they get very disturbed if anyone is, is using language, you know, that says legal food and all this stuff. Um, now to add a little complexity to this particular situation, the word surcharge is on the receipt. So the surcharge, it says surcharge non-cash discount. That's a hard coding issue. And we're in the process of doing that. Now, the the actual sticker itself, you know, it's the standard, you know, and it's non-cash adjustment notice. All store sales are subject to a 4% non-cash adjustment fee at checkout. Then it says cash discount. Customers who pay with cash will receive a 4% discount of the non-cash adjustment fee. But the one thing that concerned me, and this is where I wanted to really get your feedback on the whole subject, but particularly on this, is that I'd never put a lot of thought into non-cash adjustment. I'd picked it up from one of our ISO partners who's known to be a, you know, one of the major players in, in, right. in the industry in cash discount. Always sounded great to me. But as I thought about, you know, I'm waiting for this surcharge to be removed from the receipt. Yeah. Um, but more importantly, I started thinking non-cash adjustment. That feels replaceable to me with the word surcharge, right? So originally we use customer service fee all the time. The blowback from merchants was, I don't want my customers feeling like I'm charging them a fee just to just sure. to drive through my drive through in this example. So sure, we are we're gonna uh, we're likely gonna roll back the customer service fee. That's where we're at today, but we're waiting on a couple other things before we get approval. But sure. I just wanted to see, you know, from your opinion, I think you're obviously gonna say surcharging on the receipt 
is a terrible thing, um, but also your feelings on non-cash adjustment. Sure. Well, yeah. So a lot of stuff. I, I love it. it this is uh, this is a big problem in the industry, no doubt. Um, so let's first of all talk about the actual problem, and then let's talk about the perception, right? So the actual problem here is that these uh, these customers actually it would be very unlikely that they would take legal action. More likely, they would send a picture of this receipt to the bank that issued them their card and say, mm-hmm. I was charged and I shouldn't have been, right? Right. Then the issuing bank is going to send that to the relevant card brand, Visa or MasterCard, and file a compliance complaint. So mm-hmm. all of the actual issues that occur happen that way as far as you know issues. So it's like... This is there, there are I mean, some states might have an actual law against this. If you're if they're in a state that bans surcharging, as an example, that would be a, a potential situation where there is real legal liability. Without that, it's not legal liability. They're breaking card brand rules. They're not breaking laws. Right. So right. there's you know, they signed that contract from your company that had, you know, the, the required language from Visa and MasterCard that says you're going to follow the card brand rules. And in this case, the idea would be we believe you're breaking the card brand rules. So if they called the state attorney general, as long as surcharging is not banned in that state, the attorney general for that state would say, this is not a legal issue. This is a, they're breaking their contract. And if you want to complain, go to the bank, right? So they would go to the bank, the right. bank would go to Visa MasterCard, then whichever card brand, let's say it's Visa, they would then reach out to the acquirer, right? Whichever your processing company is. And they would say, hey, here's what we received. This is a compliance complaint please, you know, send us back your rationale or, you know, your defense of why this is being done at this merchant location. Okay. So that's what actually would happen. Now in that situation, of course, you would then have the merchant take a picture of the sign. And then also the, they already have a picture of the receipt. Normally, if not, you take a picture of how the receipt looks, then your acquiring bank would, uh, or ISO, depending on where this all goes, or, you know, there's a lot of different definitions of organizations in our industry um, that would get sent back up the chain. And then it would either be, Hey, you need to stop doing this or that's okay. Now um, I am actually not a big fan of the language that you gave me on the sign. Again, I don't know any of the particulars of which company this is. I'm not trying to bash anybody. Um, I actually feel like the signage and it's so funny because everybody always makes fun of me with this a little bit because it's like, James, it's a sign. It says we're charging them. Yeah. But the thing that people don't seem to understand is the only real liability happens when a when a you know a compliance complaint happens, and the only thing that the card brands ask for is show me a picture of the sign that's posted and show me a picture of the receipt. Right. So the language on these two documents is actually the only thing that matters. It's the only thing that actually is going to get the merchant in trouble or not. So to me, the word surcharge on the receipt is problematic, mainly because it's a red flag to Visa and MasterCard. But you have to remember, if it's truly a compliant cash discount program, that actually doesn't matter. You know, Visa and MasterCard, because of the Durban Amendment, they are specifically prohibited from having anything to do with this discussion, really. You know, if it's actually a cash discount, right, the Durban mm-hmm. Amendment says the card brand shall not, you know, et cetera, et cetera, interfere. Um, and so... If it's true cash discount program, it doesn't matter what you call it, honestly. Um, but the signage here needs to make it clear that that this fee is increasing the regular price. In my personal opinion, if a cash discount sign does not have the words regular price and or the words in-kind incentive, I think it's so stupid. I don't understand why people don't do that. Like the only rationale for these programs is the Durban Amendment. 
And in the Durban Amendment, there are only two compliant ways that you can charge a cash discount. Number one, you can inform the customer, the consumer of your regular price. It doesn't say how you inform them. It doesn't say you have to raise the, the ticket, you know, the listed ticket on the menu. It just says, you know, it cannot be an increase over what the consumer is informed is the regular price. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's where, you know, you got to be careful with that. And I, that's why I think it should say, you know, something to the effect of there's a non-cash adjustment. You know, we've increased the regular price using a non-cash adjustment, you know, something to that effect. So the regular price includes a non-cash adjustment of 4% or whatever. Then it should say, if you pay with cash, you get a discount from that regular price of, you know, whatever. So there should be some clarity there that we're increasing the regular price. The other compliant way to do a cash discount, according to the Durban Amendment, is with an in-kind incentive. What is an in-kind incentive? They never said. <laughs> Great. Just what you wanted. A little bit of ambiguity, right? There in the law. Um, and so, but again, for me personally, I like signs that mention both. And then I like signs that even have a the legal language there that actually says, you know, that, you know, this sign is meant to inform, you know, this is a, this sign is meant to inform customers of an increase in our regular price and a subsequent cash discount in accordance with Durban Amendment section, blah, 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 like in fine print, right? Yeah. So it literally says, we are doing this because we believe this is in accordance with this section of the Durban Amendment. And this is an in-kind incentive, you know, so having a little bit of extra fine print language there is good. What that then allows you to do is when you do get those rare customer complaints, um, then you have the merchant take a picture of the sign, send it to the consumer. And the way I, what I always tell merchants to do is do two things. Send a picture of the sign to the consumer. It will scare them if it has the legal language. If it actually says this is in accordance with Durban, you know, federal law, you know, the, the Dodd-Frank Financial Reform Act, the Durban Amendment section, blah, 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 blah. If all that's in fine print, they're going to be like, oh, wow, like I could look this up. I mean, there's actually a law that justifies what they're doing. That, that in and of itself, a lot of times takes care of it. Secondly, you inform them, um, you know, this is part of Visa MasterCard rules. Feel free to send a picture of this sign and a picture of your receipt to your bank that issued your card. And they would send this to Visa and MasterCard to confirm it's a compliant program, right? right. Um, but then the final thing is, I always tell people and say, you know, the first thing I always say is, you know, to the consumer, I'm so sorry that we neglected to point out the sign to you that was prominently placed, mm-hmm. right? We never wanted to surprise you with this, um, you know, this increase in our price. Uh, we had a decision to make, should we increase our prices across the board because to cover these costs and we are paying 4% or should we only increase the price in a way that's not going to impact people that pay with cash? So we chose to do it that way. However, we will gladly refund, you know, because of your bad experience, not because of the, the cash discount, because of your bad experience, we would like to give you a $25 gift card, you know, or whatever, $10 gift card. Because as you point out, I mean, this is going to happen like one out of a thousand yeah. times. Yeah. Give them 10 bucks, you know, yeah. and then you say that way you're not surprised. Next time you come, you know that we have this compliant program in place, you know, so you can work on creating that language with them to create something that, that helps. But I think that's, that's a key thing. And then I would say, lastly, as far as you mentioned the language, then it's like the perception issue. Um, you know, surcharge just means we charge, we're charging more for something. So yeah, it's definitely not, it's probably the worst word to have on the receipt because it's a red flag. Right. Now, I'm not an attorney. None of this is legal advice, but I mean, in my opinion, there, there's no real, le- it's not like, oh, we use the word surcharge. Um, non-cash adjustment, 
I'm fine with that word service fee. I'm fine. I don't care. I, I really doesn't matter. Ultimately what matters is the sign as far as from a, a you know, compliance issue, you just need to make sure that the sign and the receipt go together in a way that says whatever this price you're paying, that's the regular price. Mm -hmm. that, that's the key thing. And unfortunately, the employees are usually not trained to say that kind of stuff. And if it's in any way presented that we are charging you extra because you're using a card, that is not compliant. I mean, it's just not. Um, the idea is we're not charging you extra because you're using a card. We right. implemented a price increase on everything and we're giving you a discount if you pay with cash. So the signage and the receipt and the language from the employees needs to back that up. Would you mind just doing that language that includes um, uh, the, the regular sure. price one more time? Yeah, I tell you what, I'll just read it for you. I just finished making one for a consulting client. So give me one second here. Okay, so here's an example of one. I have this big document justifying this language here. Um, so in big bold letters, customer notice. Below that, prices listed in store and on advertisements reflect our cash price. Then uh, it says our, in, in, bold, in big letters, it says our regular price includes a 3.99% non-cash adjustment. Okay. Perfect. Now, obviously I would adjust the first part to say prices listed on the menu and on advertisements reflect our cash price. Mm -hmm. um, then below that, it says we offer savings at the point of sale when you pay cash. Okay. Mm -hmm. Then in small print at the bottom, and this is a mouthful, but this is literally what it says at the bottom in small print. The purpose of the non-cash adjustment is to incentivize customers to pay with cash. This is an in-kind incentive in compliance with Section 2A of the Durban Amendment, a provision of United States Federal Law 15 U.S.C. and 169.0-2. We further provide a cash discount from the regular price in accordance with Section 4C4 of the same document. This sign is meant to inform customers of our regular price in compliance with this law. I think that's great, actually. You know, so by having all of that in fine print, now, of course, the customer doesn't necessarily see that when they're like picking up their burger, right? right, right. But when you send them a picture of that sign, mm -hmm. they're like, wow, you know, and, and guess what? The car brands do the same thing. The car brands know, according to that law that you're referencing, we are uh -huh. legally obligated to leave this alone. Now, right. they could argue and say, no, 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 you're not in compliance. And sometimes they would make that argument, but mm -hmm. they're going to have to make that argument. They can't just say, this is not compliant. They have to say, well, hold on. We are interpreting this exact specific section of this law differently than you are. Mm -hmm. If you're right, we could be in legal jeopardy by getting involved because that earlier in these sections, it says the card brands can't be involved in this. You know? No, I think that makes a ton of sense because, you know, and, and not only does it help diffuse the situation with the customer, but it's really that confidence that yeah. the executives can have in, in this example to feel like, hey, I have the ammo instead right. of feeling paralyzed, like, oh, my God, you know, I could go down this road yep. of legal problems. And I think a big problem, I think even though you don't have a problem with the surcharge, you know, I, I agree with your point as far as it's saying it on the receipt. Right. I do think that once they remove that, because what's happening with people is that I believe I'm surmising or guessing that what's happening is they've read these articles. Yeah, All sure. they know about credit card industry period in the world is that they've seen an they, article. They Google the words. I was surcharged on my debit. And they exactly Google the right. And it's, yeah. Yeah. Sure. And they feel empowered. But they go back to your, uh, you know, your point from earlier. I, I would say that roughly one in 20,000 are actually making this, this level of 
Well, and you right. and you really don't know yet. You won't know that for probably two or three months because there's probably another equal number, if not a higher number, that have already actually complained to the issuing bank. Right. Right. So, you know, and this is something I think our industry just a lot of agents are not understanding yet. I mean, this is a regular part of doing business with cash discounting, this idea of these compliance complaints. I mean, it's always been a regular part of our industry, sure. but the agents just haven't really dealt with it and the smaller ISOs haven't dealt with it. But I mean, this happens a lot. I talked to somebody, um, I talked to an ISO recently that's a top, you know, cash discount provider. Mm-hmm. They get seven or eight compliance complaints a day mm-hmm. through the card brands. Sure. sure. They've never, they still haven't lost a complaint yet, but I mean, they do get them a lot, you know, so you're going to get that. I mean, these bigger merchants, you know, they're, they need to understand that. But again, yeah, I think giving them this sign and, and I'll send you a, a link to this document, but giving them this information about the legality and the, 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 you know, Hey, here's how we're interpreting this law. You know um, you, you want to have that kind of legal basis for your conversation with a larger merchant, I think. Yeah, I think so too, because this is by far the largest merchant that we've boarded and really it's just a matter of the sheer volume of number of customer interactions is driving this plus them being um, on the, uh, uh, they're on the one of the, I guess they would be the most risk averse uh, merchant we deal with because of what sure. they have to lose and sort of there. Exactly, exactly. They don't, you know, they don't want that, you know, that one lawsuit could turn into a class action and then they've got a big problem. So, um, right. yeah, and I think ultimately it's, um, you know, giving this information to their attorneys, letting them, um, and you know, it's funny having this conversation is making me want to publish this document in a yeah. redacted version. So maybe I'll do that, but I'll give you a copy, but uh, I may publish it as well. But I think, um, yeah, I think, you know, they have a legal department as well. And the yeah. thing that scares their legal, you know, risk of liability is not scaring their legal department, right? I mean, how many people a day are reaching out to them with, I slipped on your sidewalk or, right. right? I mean, coffee's too hot. There's a reason they probably have a full-time attorney on retainer. Like, you know, they deal with this all the time. The problem here is that the attorney is like, why wasn't I in the loop on this? Like there's a big league and it's like, well, that's because legality and compliance never really came into your sales conversation. Right. And so they were never brought in. And it's like, if you're going to sell a large merchant, giving them this information kind of gives their attorneys where, you know, generally they're probably going to forward this to legal. And so mm-hmm. the concern is probably, hey, we forwarded this legal complaint to our attorney and our attorney didn't know what to do with it. Well, that's a problem. Right. So that's where, especially through that kind of onboarding process is, okay, hey, you're going to get these complaints that are going to threaten legal action, et cetera, et cetera. Let me talk about how you want to handle this. Let's get your process in place now. Awesome. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think I'll definitely um, uh, make the adjustments to their customized stickers and, and kind of kick that back to them and say, hey, I think this will, this cool. will solve the problem and let them know that I've solve the the uh consultation of a professional and yeah there you go call me whatever you want to call me professional i've been called worse (laughs) (laughs) so hey dustin awesome man uh really appreciate it good luck with this account hopefully they continue to be happy for uh, quite some time awesome i appreciate it